Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is 21 minutes after 5 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. Sisanda Ngwala, who is an associate professor in media studies and linguistics at the University of the Western Cape. So as listeners across the globe uh, commemorate World Radio Day, a group of African media academics penned an article sharing the growth and development of radio on the continent. The influence of radio on the continent remains strong as two-thirds of the population use this medium as a reliable source for news, according to the Afrobarometer of 2020 to share their perspective of the future of radio on the continent. We are joined by Dr. Sisanda Ngwalo. Dr. Ngwalo, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Aldrin. Happy Radio Day to you. Happy Radio Day to you too. I want to play this clip. We've been playing it, by the way, (laughs) on the show, but I want to play it again. And uh, I just want to check with you um, where it takes you back to before we speak about the current state of radio and also what the future holds for radio. It is the 18th of December, Tuesday, beautiful morning here at the University of the Free State. A very good morning to you and a warm welcome to AM Live. My name is Kolani Gwala. It is uh, the third day of the ANC's 53rd Congress. Focused and straight to the point, beyond the headline. Morning Talk on SAFM. Six after ten. Thank you, Kumbuzile Tabete, for the news. You're listening to Morning Talk on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Rowena Bird. Now, as the Independent Examinations Board metric results for 2014 have already been released, um, they've marked, what, 98.38% pass rate. I think we should talk about this and also the readiness of tertiary institutions to receive all these uh, students. Focused and straight to the point, beyond the headline. Morning Talk on SAFM. At 13 minutes past nine, I started off saying it's the president's birthday today and we said the president can sing. If you haven't already experienced that and if you don't already know, well, let's introduce you to the president singing. But there you have it, President Jacob Gezeitegisa Zuma in full voice, eh? <laughs> you know, sometimes when, when I sing, I, I like to sing as well sometimes. I don't <laughs> sing as well as the President does. I know that some people like to make fun of singing. Um, Rwena Bird, um, Vuyombuli, as well as Tola Nikwala. Uh, Dr. Nkwala, yeah. where does that take you back to? Oh, you <laughs> Wow, I mean, those are the voices, really, that steered us through some very difficult times, some very meaningful times. And, um, you know, the fact that they are no longer with us, but mm. their voices just sound so alive because of what they spoke, I think really attests the impact they had on radio in South Africa. I don't know, for some weird reason, I'm getting a bit of chills now. But but I'm just thinking about um, the listeners that have also responded to the clip that we played, this particular clip when we played it earlier on, um, and all the memories that they recall and reminiscing um, over these voices and what these voices meant for them, which for me really speaks to the power of radio. 
Absolutely. And it is just the voice. I mean, I didn't need Polani to say his name. I didn't need Rowena to say her name or Vuyo. You can just hear their voices. And because they were there at such important moments and even mundane moments of our lives, they are etched in that memory of ours. Um, so just uh, hearing a few lines for them takes you back to uh, key uh, developments in, in your personal life, but also in the country's life. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the research that you've done. Um, last year also, when, when we were commemorating World Radio Day, we specifically focused on radio freedom, and I see that your research has also looked at radio freedom and the role that radio played during those pivotal moments when there was a crisis playing out in the country and uh, the world didn't know uh, what was happening in South Africa, but there was this particular medium that was used to try and inform as many people as possible about what was happening in South Africa. Yes, so we, we've done two things, Algerian. The first is um, two volumes that came out last year to mark 100 years of radio in South Africa, where we looked at current day developments, but in light of the history of um, radio in this country. And one of the chapter authors was Taminde Teni, who is a former Radio Freedom um, station manager. And he really spoke about the significance of radio in forging the democracy that we enjoy today through Radio Freedom. And then what we've done for this year is taken it broader, because in the research we saw that the story of South Africa's radio development mimics the story of radio developments in other African countries. So I was joined by colleagues from Mauritius, from um, uh, uh, a colleague on Zimbabwe, another on Angola. And um, we looked at how radio started in our country, um, some of the ups and downs and where it's headed. And really the story is a platform not intended for the majority of the population, but once it was opened up, especially to indigenous language speakers, the ways that we found to use it to uh, develop our communities, to fight back against oppression, and to really speak into the public discourse um, is something remarkable, especially in Africa. I think with with World Radio Day this year looking at 100 years, it's significant that it's actually 100 years in Africa. Um, The rest of the world had radio way before us, but UNESCO, I think, in choosing 100 years, really shines a spotlight on the continent uh, because we are specifically marking 100 years of radio in our context. Yeah, and also looking at the reliance of certain population group um, to get information um, through the radio. Um, But then the research also showing that, for instance, in Ghana, um, radio primarily served elite interest until around the 1990s. What do you think informed that particular shift? Well, I think, so how radio started, ironically, it was introduced by amateurs. So people tinkering around, you and I just interested in the technology. But once the states in the different countries or the governments in the different countries realized uh, the power of the platform, they then centralized it. And for many years, even during um, the era where countries were gaining independence from uh, the, the colonial powers, UK and France, Um, Instead of freeing up the airwaves, they kept that power in their hands, and it would be years later that they would actually allow the public to um, own radio stations through community media or even commercial media. So it is that recognition that when people listen to the radio, they don't just get information and get entertainment, but they can be mobilized 
to think differently and therefore act differently. So the situation in Ghana is no different to the situation in South Africa, um, where it took a, a big fight, actually, for us to even have a community sector. Up until 1993, radio activists were still trying to persuade um, the, the powers that be that we needed a community sector. Uh, so you see that it's not been uh, freely handed, perhaps because there's a recognition of how powerful it has it is. What do you think the future of radio is, specifically with public broadcasting and also um, indigenous language radio stations, and also looking at, for instance, this particular shift uh, when it comes to the use of indigenous language on a day-to-day? I really, this is more of a hope than uh, what I think it will be, but I really hope uh, public service thrives in, in the coming years. I hope the public service mandate becomes prioritized because in the, the sector that we have with the three tiers, we seem to forget that public service is not supposed to be commercial. So there should be certain um, uh, settings that make it conducive for public service to serve the mandate that is created for. So that is my big hope, that we will not lose the radio dramas, we will not lose the documentaries, the, um, the, 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 the current affairs shows. Uh, because we're trying to be profitable like commercial radio, but we will still find a model that makes public service sustainable and thrive. And then in terms of digital, I think the, the, the advent of digital media really reminds us of television, where we thought radio would die out. Yeah. But what we see They've been people, killing radio. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> the, stats, the stats say different, um, Algier. The stats say that although people may not be listening to a wireless, they are listening, they are downloading podcasts, and they're engaging with um, radio wherever they find it because of what it, it creates, that public sphere. So although, it cha- although the way we listen to radio and consume radio has changed because of digital media, the fact that 95% of people 15 years and older, you know, in 2022 reported to listening and engaging with radio in South Africa shows mm. us that it's thriving. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Sisanda Nkwala, Associate Professor um, in Media Studies and Linguistics at the University of the Western Cape. It is World Radio Day, so happy World Radio Day.